You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hard. Welcome to Power Producer Shop Talk. I have been doing nothing except getting ready for Key West all morning long, and I am waist no armpit deep in putting the finishing touches on the pirate scavenger hunt that oh, these God. agents are going to go on next weekend and it is going to be a blast end of story that sounds just- I, I don't I, I don't know what to think about that um <laughs> i mean if it's like a bar crawl scavenger hunt i like the idea um you either I, like it or you walk the plank <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so uh, i guess i'll have yeah, to be no, surprised with everybody else Oh, you will be. You will be very much surprised. No, Considering you've it. lived in your cave since COVID, you're actually going to have to hang out with other people now. Yeah, that part. We'll see. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, no. carry out. I mean, this guy is. This guy's a salesperson, but probably like. I just hate. I, I don't hate people. I just hate annoying people. No, I know. So I mean, not that no there's going to be annoying. People. Yeah, right. not, that, not that there's going to be annoying people there. I just like they're not welcome. They're not welcome at this party, <laughs> right? So I'm I'm not worried about it. I yeah, can't no, imagine gonna... they get an invite to this party at all, right? right. No, no. <laughs> it's going to be a really good time. I'm I'm super pumped about it. It's been mm-hmm. a considerable amount of work that will pay off, and people will get to witness me like. You know how when you cook in a pressure cooker, at some point, you, you know, when you're done cooking, you hit the button and you do the release of the steam? That's my weekend in Key West. I'm hitting the <laughs> release the steam button the second my feet hit the ground at that airport in Key West. Not till I get there, not a moment sooner. But once I did, and truth be told, I probably won't because I have to actually like execute on all of the planning, but I feel like the execution is so much easier than setting everything up. So. But For sure. that's not what we're here to talk about. We have the incomparable Ms. Carrie Wallace from Agency Focus back with us, and we are going to resume the mini-series documentary, whatever you want to call it, on uh, with Carrie. And we're moving into tech and how tech affects the value 
of your agency. Whoa, look out. Superman coffee coffee mug. Have not oh, yeah. seen that one before. No? Did you That's get that in a box? Did you get that in a box as a gift for buying underoos? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not. Um, but uh, this has been a. I've had this for a long time. That surprises me that you haven't you seen have that never, one. I've never seen you break that out before. Huh. Interesting. You know, it's it, it, we got on this kick where we just collect a coffee cup from everywhere we go now. So now we have like thirty coffee cups from okay. different places. I'll tell you why that won't work for me. Because Elise well, it doesn't work for this... me because there's only one of them that I really like, and yeah, and I'm going to go to that one, one every single time. Which actually, it's it's a it's one from Epcot from Disney, but I feel like it's the it's like a vat with a handle on the side, and that's what I need in the morning. <laughs> it's like this oversized. I feel like co- get too it's cold like a venti in a coffee cup. That, that see well, that I mean yeah because I I got to microwave this bad boy a couple times before before I'm done with it because it gets too cold. I funnel coffee like frat boys funnel beer. So that makes sense. But the, but yeah. so so Elise collects all these Starbucks uh, Starbucks like the plastic tumbler deals that are. Of course she does. I know how that goes. I, dude, there's a minimum of like thirty in our cabinets, and yeah. we have no space for other things. And every time she keeps coming back with a new one. And the part that drives me the craziest about it is that they are not dishwasher safe. So that means no. Kyle has to wash them all by hand. And they sit in the sink and just create a mess. And so I just, I can't deal with it. Well, my favorite part is when we take said tumbler that was so limited in its exclusive distribution. $60. And I find it, yeah, I find it out, you know, where I find it? Out by Ethan's Playhouse. Yeah. Ethan's just dumping Roundup in it. Yeah, just just (laughs) scooping mulch and doing whatever he does back there. Yeah, it's crazy. So can I just tell you both that uh, my kitchen is completely under construction, like it's Mm. to the studs at the moment. So we are working on drinking from three Yetis only. There's three of us in the house. There's three Yetis that you can use, wash it, and put it back on the thing. And (laughs) if it's filled with drywall dust, that is your problem, not mine. (laughs) So... Listen, I'm a minimalist when it comes to that stuff. See, and uh, I'm going, yeah, I'm going paper be. plates. I'm going paper plates oh, yeah. and solo cups right there, and, and maybe sure. not even paper plates. I'm probably just ordering pizza every night. Exactly, <laughs> eating it right out of the box. <laughs> Anyhow, that has not got anything to do with tech and agency valuation. So let's mm. move on to like the actual subject of this conversation. I'll let you take the floor and run with it, Carrie, and sprinkle in what I think is we need. So I I get asked a question a fair amount um, that people want to know, what will technology do to my multiple in my agency? I get that question a fair amount. And Mm -hmm. I think people expect to get one number. Oh, it's going to increase it by two. That's just not true. Here's the the reality with technology. And I'm going to start at a place that... um, I don't know. I think we can all agree on technology in your agency is either a profit center or a cost center. And the, the re the reality is if you're not utilizing it, it is a cost center all day long. If you're utilizing it and you're measuring the performance and it's bringing you value and the intended purposes, which would then lead to efficiency, growth, profitability. It's now a profit center and it has an exponential impact on the value of your agency. So we've got to start with what tech are you using and is it actually bringing you the outcome that you intended for it? 
and then we can talk about what's the impact on your agency. And I think a lot of people miss it. The actual purchasing of tech does not do anything for your agency. In fact, it will hurt the value of your agency <laughs> if you're not using it. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then we'll talk about when it's utilized, what it does. I think that my peer group, and I say that loosely because my actual like inner circle peer group pretty much thinks the same way I do, but my peer group broader sense um, of agency principles nationally still don't get it. <clears throat> like that's that's the the easiest way to say it, and I don't understand why. I think I think there's a few things. I don't think. I don't think I, I'm being, being very, very careful how I word this because I have a lot of friends that are in insure tech, and specifically, I have a lot of investments in insure tech. So I need to make sure people understand I'm not throwing off. But I, I, I feel like sometimes part of it has to do with with how agents are introduced to technology. Okay, and, and so what I mean by that is we're introduced by tech to technology at places like trade shows or conferences. That's one place. Another place we're introduced to it is in private insurance agency groups or agent groups on social media. And now we have to keep up with the Joneses because they have something we don't have in our tech stack and look how great they're doing. So we must automatically going to be able to do just as good as them if we go out and purchase this product. Or they listen to a podcast. Look, I'm probably guilty to some degree because we talk very openly about what we use in the agency. But I think the difference is if I'm, if I'm defending myself for that, I also talk about exactly how we use it. So it's not like we're just saying, hey, we have this and we're making a lot of money. We give people the action steps. Like when somebody comes to us about mineral and says, you know, I hear you guys are, are closing business using mineral. We're not just saying, yeah, it's a great tool and it has a lot of resources and it'll help your agency grow and bring new business on. We say, no, we're leading with things like asking questions around the employee handbook so that we have an understanding of whether or not these people are actually providing HR resources or something along those lines to their clients or whatever else. And so we walk through the steps that we're using it. So in a selfish way, if I'm defending myself in the podcast for introducing technology to agents, I would say we also talk about how to use it in at that point, I can't control the execution on their end. And that's the other piece of it. It's not just when they're introduced. It's what happens after they're introduced. And most of the time, you know, we, we get caught up in the moment. When I speak a lot of the times, part of my closing is I tell people, this is the church camp of the business world. Everybody comes and they sit around the fire. They hold hands. They sing the songs. They're ready to go out and change the world. And two weeks later, you're right back to where you were before you ever went to camp for the summer, right? The same thing holds true. We go to these conferences. We listen to people speak and get us pumped up and tell us about what they're using in terms of technology and everything else. And we're, re we're on fire. We're ready to go back. We're going to change the face of our agency. And we have the ability to immediately go to an, uh, an expo or, uh, or a uh, uh, you know what amounts to a trade show or whatever. Uh, exhibitors area and 
buy that stuff while we're hot. We're ready to go, and, and we're going to make an emotional decision at that point. To me, that's not even a business decision. It's emotional because we heard the guy on stage talk about how they grew their agency or the lady on stage talk about how they improved their retention or all of this other stuff, and the, I think the downfall is that we can get so emotionally supercharged, walk about 100 yards over, and then sign up to buy that product, right? And then, and then we get back. Then we get back to our agency, and it's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we'll get to that next week. I've been out. I was at the conference last week, so I don't have time. And then I still gotta you know uncover. So I think that a lot of it has to do with how technology is introduced to agents, how how they end up buying in, instead of buying based on a logical, well thought out business decision. Many times it's bought off an emotional high because they're pumped up. And I think the other thing is, I think sometimes the reason agents don't buy the right technology is the after effect, right? I think I think that some because of how we sell. I can't say everybody, but I know and I can only speak for myself and our agency, but because of how I sell, I am not I tell people I'm patiently aggressive. Okay? I am not high pressure. But when the time comes to have the conversation, I'm going. Like I'm I, I'm all in for it. Software salespeople by and large and this is not limited to the insurance industry. They're sharks, man. I mean, when they smell the blood in the water, they are circling. They're going to do everything they can. Multi-year deals. We're going to discount you by 40%. And the next thing you know, you're locked in to something for five years. Or on the opposite, you have the agent that's gotten burnt. And maybe this is technology they really need. But because of the way the product is actually sold, they're turned off and they don't want anything to do with it. That's why I think what Steve Anderson's doing with Catalyst is so good because they can give you that unbiased third-party, 10,000-foot overview, plus all of the wealth of experience, and I know you're part of that, but it's 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 a very sound way for agencies to evaluate this because there's so yeah. much noise. Well, here's the thing. I mean, honestly, Catalyst is, is poised to do just that, and I know this isn't a podcast about Catalyst, but Catalyst really, um, really encourages agents to start with a problem, not a solution. So start with something you're trying to solve inside your agency. If you're having problems with efficiency or you're having problems with productivity, what is the point inside your agency that you're trying to solve? What, what do you already have that might be able to fix that problem and then go to what's the outside solution that might help you? Because here's the fact. Most people, most agencies, most business owners only use a portion of the technology that they have. It is, it is not something they invest in ongoing training, and you can see it inside an agency that's adding technology that doesn't integrate. Now they have a lot of different things that cause duplicate entry, all, and it's, it's causing more inefficiency than it's causing efficiency, and you can see it in their performance. So start with the problem, figure out what you already have, maximize the utilization of what you already have, or ask yourself, do I have the right infrastructure to start building upon, and, and really take a stepped approach. I, I liken it to what you said, rather than getting all pumped up and making an emotional decision, turn it into a business decision. Because if you can't measure it, you'll never know what to start or stop. And you need to know what you're trying to get out of this in order to measure the success. So from a valuation standpoint, when I see an agency that has a ton of tech, I will, I will go to the industry benchmarks. 
it will flag it because that person will be far over whatever industry benchmark there is. And then I will immediately look at performance benchmarks to say, is this investment actually giving them what they need? Is their growth outpacing the average growth rate for this size of an agency? Is their profitability outpacing or at least near what the benchmark should be? If those answers are no, then we need to start questioning whether or not the investment makes sense. Then I have to talk to the agency owner and say, when did you invest in this? Is this a brand new investment that we're at the beginning of, or is it something you've had for a long time? And we got to dig into why they're outside the benchmarks and not getting the performance. I would never adjust an agency that has high investment in technology and is also outpacing the benchmarks in growth and profitability. The other thing I could expect to see is their salary expense should be different than the average agency that doesn't have tech. So my point is it's all very interrelated and you can't just say, here's how much you should spend on tech and it's going to you know, cause my agency to have a multiple that's two points higher than the average agency. That's not how it works. It is if it's causing you to have higher growth, higher profit, more efficiency, less investment in other areas, and are you, is it making your agency scalable? Are you now poised to become an acquirer of other um, agencies? Is your business now more transferable than the average agency? All of those things impact the value of your agency. It's not just the presence of technology that causes that. So, and honestly, it also changes the predictability of your agency. You'll be able to have a much better handle on what you can predict is happening inside your agency with the right technology and the right utilization of that technology. There's no question. But if you just have it and you're not utilizing it, it is literally hurting your agency. So I would, I would say think about the utilization of what you have, not necessarily adding more tech, and then go from there would be yeah, my I, advice to agents. I think, too, from, from the perspective of um, – you know, start with the problem and not the solution. Agents listening to this, that is sage advice for how you should be selling to your own clients. So many times we go in whoring ourselves out to sell insurance and it's always policy, 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 policy. When we had Kevin Ring on the podcast, we were laughing and joking about it because if a worker's comp doctor treated an injured worker the way that an insurance agent treats a prospect, they would go in with an injured knee, and the next thing you know, they'd be getting both shoulders <laughs> scoped, a hip replacement, and a, and a diagnosis for ongoing treatment, so there was monthly recurring revenue. You know, It's no different than you going in and, and listening to somebody and saying, well, I can sell you this, I can sell you this, I can sell you that. At the end of the day, that's going to meet your needs for income, but it's going to be very short-lived because you still haven't fixed the root cause of your prospect's problem. Technology is very, very much the same way. And I fear that for many people out there, they don't use technology, not because they're necessarily scared of it or anything else. They just have done things the same way so many times that they don't even feel like they need it. Mm. And here's my advice to anybody who heard what I said and is nodding. 
You're the one who needs technology. What I just described is an agency that's doing things the same repetitively over and over and over again. And those are the items that should be at the top of your list for things you can automate or things you can easily train and outsource to virtual professionals. So I would tell you that if you're not using tech and you think you don't need it, it's because you don't really understand how much you're leaving on the table by not figuring out a way to most efficiently do those mundane, repetitive processes over and over again. And you should probably, look, I'm going to give you some non-tech advice. Get a pen and a legal pad out and make a list of what all of that stuff is and then start figuring out, okay, how do I go on about making this stuff easier to, to do without me having to invest my absolute best people in doing it, I just boosted your profit by a good amount of money, I can assure you, because you're gonna save a ton on payroll, which is the number one controllable expense in any business. Yeah, I would agree with you, David. Honestly, the number one reason why people don't invest in technology is number one, they got burnt. They actually invested in something that didn't um, turn out, the, they didn't know how they wanted to turn it, it to turn out, so it didn't, do something for them and therefore they're gun shy for starting something else so i would think that's the number one reason the number two reason is 90 percent retention does not make people change mm. and unfortunately the agencies that don't change are competing with the ones that are changing so our the nature of our business causes us to have a high retention and not innovate but the problem is there are agencies innovating and they will be able to take your business because they will be more predictive and more proactive about their approach than you ever will be. And it, it, I mean, it's just a fact. We are changing, consumers are changing, and technologies allows us to be able to change with them. But you have to do it in a, in a, in a, um, in a business manner. Like you have to do it with a business approach rather than an emotional approach is what I would tell you. So I, I would agree 100%. This is not a podcast about why not to use tech. This is more about a podcast to say, if it's used properly, this is what it can do for you, your agency, and, and the people that have 30 plus years left in that agency, um, you know, as, as a career, they want technology. It will attract the right talent. It will absolutely allow you to scale. I mean, Kyle, I can't imagine you'd want to be in an agency that doesn't have technology that helps you do your job, right? Exactly. It's just not, yeah, it's not feasible. One of the first questions he asked, what kind of technology do you have? It really was. I, I think it was. Um, may or may not have been forthright with the answer to that up front, you know, and just told, <laughs> well, I, pro I think what I probably w did was say, look, here's where we're at. Here's where we're going. And I mean, right. I would say that I've held the line of pretty much what I've represented from day one. <clears throat> we didn't even have an agency management system when I hired Kyle because he was the first one. So, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of months later, we had Hawksoft, and then another six months after that, we had HubSpot. We had Zoho well, at the time, and it was because I, yeah, we did Zoho. I think I still get emails from them about billing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean it's. I think my and, cards and have finally all expired, so <laughs> expired they can't charge me point. anymore because I always forget to cancel it. Um, Horrible. Well, example. I I came from you know a, a company that had that used Salesforce, and it was like the first CRM that I used. And the company that I was at before that, when I was selling office supplies, I was writing everything down on paper, like shuffling through these things. I've talked about it a million times on the pod before, but <laughs> like you know, I'm sitting there in my car, shuffling through, trying to figure out where I need to go next, and what we talked about last time, and what printer they have, and so on and so forth. And then I get to a company that's a 
you know, Fortune 500 company that's that's using um, all sorts of tech. And I'm like, okay, um, this is what you know I've been missing out on. This has made my life so much easier. So then I th- that is totally right. When I sat down with David first um, that first time, I, I remember asking him like, so you know what um, what you know what kind of technology are you using? What kind of CRM do you have? And so on. And um, you know that uh, that all came shortly thereafter, but. Anyhow. Yeah, no yep. doubt about it. I mean, we're in this environment where we want to attract talent. You know, a lot of people are saying they have difficulty attracting talent. We want to maximize the value of our agency. You want to position yourself in order to make sure that, you know, you either transition internally and set them set them up for success or an, an external transition, you're set up to get the most out of your agency. Technology is a huge part of that, but it's not tech for tech's sake. It's actually technology that is a thoughtful approach and utilization can make an incredibly huge impact on the value of the agency and the future of your agency. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think that is a good place for us to wrap this one up. Carrie, what are we telling them about next time? We're going to talk about how to plan for your agency, how to make sure that um, you've got the right, um, you know, perpetuation plan in place and what things you should be thinking about. I bet you there's some agency principals that are going to be scared for their producers to hear that because they don't have anything in place. And guess what, guys and ladies, you should be scared because your producers need that and they're going to go somewhere that has it if you don't. So I look forward to next episode. Until then, everybody have a great weekend. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes